You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. I'm so stoked to have you here today. If you are brand spanking new, hello. I'm very happy to have you here today. And if you are a returning longtime listener, welcome. Always good to have you back. So first things first, the cadence of the podcast is changing until the end of December 2020 because I am writing a book. So my manuscript is due to my publisher on December 1st. (laughs) So I am working my little tush over here off in Vancouver, Canada, and I am busy writing a book. So that means I'm scaling back on some of my other activities. And one of those things is the podcast. So I am going to be releasing two episodes per month. So just make sure that you are subscribed in the Apple podcasts um, app, or maybe you're following along on Stitcher or Spotify or Google play. Just make sure that you are subscribed. So you get notifications. There'll be two shows per month um, until the end of the year. And that way I can still get you great content. I have some amazing, incredible guests coming on the show, but most importantly, I need the space and time to write my book. So I am putting that project right at the forefront of my life (laughs) and taking care, taking care of business. That's not to the tune of the song, but you know what I mean. Anywho, one more quick thing before we dive in, I want to ask you if you've taken my free quiz called What's Your Zone of Genius? So if you've always wondered what is going to make me stand out online, how will I ever be different than the million other folks who are selling similar stuff to me on Instagram? What are my super strengths? How can I start a digital business? You know, what can I monetize and sell? Figuring out your genius and learning how to monetize it is the number one skill I want to teach you with this quiz. So when you take my free quiz, I'm going to tell you which genius type you scored. And I'm going to break down what that means when you have that genius type, what you could sell based on that genius type, how you could market and best market according to your type. As well, I'm going to showcase how you could be making 10K months and what exact products you could be selling based on the things that come most naturally to you. So if you want to take the quiz, it's really fun. It's two minutes and it's free. Most importantly, emphasis on the word free. You can take the quiz at kellytrack.com slash genius. That's kellytrack.com slash genius. All right, my friends. So in this episode today, I'm going to give you my four top tips on how to have amazing, happy clients. You know, the type of clients that you absolutely love working with, the folks that you just are so lit up by when you see their names in your calendar and you genuinely think, oh my goodness, I cannot believe these people pay me uh, to get my help. Having great clients is just, it's such a great feeling. And I feel like first and foremost, I've always had such incredible clients. Like I genuinely, when I think back to every single client I've worked with privately one-on-one, I just think back and I grin and I smile because every single one of them has been a ray of light. And if you're listening and you were once a private client or you are a current private client, um, I love you. I so appreciate you. You're so fun to work with, or you so currently are very fun to work with. And I feel like I have been so blessed with having the most amazing clients. And I think it's for several things that I've done very specifically in my business, which are the four secrets I want to pass off to you because I want you to really enjoy that feeling of how rewarding it is to work with truly remarkable clients. 
So my very first tip for you right off the bat is to know who you are speaking to, know who you are targeting, and you have to even know what type of the section of the market you're even going after, right? This is the first key I want to give to you. And I know it seems a little basic and a little bit lame. And you're like, oh my God, Kelly, give me your like juiciest, hottest secrets on clients. Like I need to know. Well, it all starts with the, the groundwork, right? This is the basic foundationals of building a business online is knowing your target market, knowing who you're speaking to and knowing the exact audience you're reaching. So I know my corner of the internet. I support visionary women who want to build soulful digital businesses and monetize their genius by selling one-on-one services and online courses. So right off the bat, you know that I am working with a very specific piece of the pie, right? In terms of people I could be serving. I am always looking for clients. um, And when I am writing the messaging on my website, or I'm writing the sales page about my package, or I am communicating on Instagram stories that I'm taking new clients, I'm always trying to speak to that exact um, customer avatar, right? That exact ideal client that I would absolutely love to work with. I have a very clear avatar of who my ideal client is. She's Courtney. She's 27. She has a twin sister. She lives in Minnesota with her boyfriend and a ton of potted plants. She went to UCLA. She studied education. Um, you know, now she wants to start her own digital business. She wants to become a life coach. She wants to earn her first thousand dollars doing one-on-one life coaching. Her favorite books are the life-changing magic of tidying up and dare greatly and big magic. She loves everything law of attraction and manifestation and human design. She listens to podcasts like the Almost 30 podcast and Expanded by Lacey Phillips and uh, Jess Lively's podcast. You know, I, I know who my target demographic is inside out, forwards and backwards. I know what words she likes. I know what she's looking for. I know her pain points. I know her goals. I know what Courtney wants to a T. I, I know Courtney. Like I feel like when I, when I think about Courtney as a customer avatar, I literally visualize Courtney in a three-dimensional view. Um, knowing who your target market is, is just so key because when you know who that person is, you can speak to them on a sales page. You can write copy in accordance to their desires and their values and their, their goals and their roadblocks. When you know who that person is, it's way easier to target to them. Plus when people see in a sales page that you're speaking to them, they feel seen and heard, right? So the, so I attract those clients because number one, I make it really clear that I attract those people and that's what it is in my messaging and my copy on my website and stuff. But people also, when they see my sales page there, I always get like, oh my goodness, I feel like you're talking to me, Kelly. Like, I feel like you just get it. Like, I really feel like you'll, you'll be, you'll be the one that can like help me do this. And that's because I know Courtney, my ideal client inside and out. So my very first tip for you on getting amazing clients is knowing what type of client you want. I do this amazing exercise in your conscious empire about um, getting really clear on not just from a manifestation angle, yeah, manifestation angle, but from a business angle of your, your ideal client and the key characteristics they need to have, like the absolute must haves and the deal breakers. And I make all my students and private clients as well, write out a list of like, they need to have these qualities. And if they have these qualities that are not so good, there are no. And this makes it really easy. When I have my understanding of what is a deal breaker for me, it's really easy for me to turn down not so ideal clients. But the key groundwork here is to really spend time figuring out who you want to target, who you want to support, 
understanding them inside out, getting super crystal clear on everything that they desire and knowing when to say yes, when you meet one and when to say no, when you know that this person's maybe not the right fit or doesn't have the right problem for you to solve, or you don't think you guys are a good energetic fit or your intuition is saying no, you have to be able to know how to make that distinction. So my very first tip for you out of the bat, not out of the bat, off the bat, that is the right word. (laughs) LOL, who is letting me write this book? Actually, Ben Bella is letting me write this book and I am going to have somebody proofread, proofread, wow, proofread the whole thing. Walls. Anyways, that's tip number one. My second secret to happy clients is all about the onboarding experience. Once again, onboarding clients is something I teach as well inside your conscious empire and the onboarding process matters so much. First impressions count like crazy. I would describe onboarding everything, meaning from the second somebody's reaching out about a potential console call to actually getting them to pay, go through checkout, book their calls, sign their waivers and stuff, and have your first call. That whole chunk of time is all, in my opinion, client onboarding. Having a good onboarding experience is very comparable to when you get a brand new Apple product, okay? Experience is really important, right? There, it's it's um when you're getting a brand new thing from Apple, we we were just opening Chris's new iPad that he got, uh, and I was helping him set it up, and I was just remembering, you know, when you get an Apple product, it's all like beautiful white boxes that you know you're gonna save and like use it to Marie Kondo a drawer. <laughs> Lol, at least I do that. I save all my Apple boxes because they make for great dividers in a drawer. <laughs> Anywho, but I was you know, opening up this, uh, new, uh, iPad for Chris and it was just like beautiful white boxing and had that like crisp wrapper all around it. It like you, you peel the wrapper off in like a really specific way that allows it for an easy tear versus like, you know, in those stupid packaging, when you buy something and you have to like get the big scissors out and cut it around and it's like really clunky. You just like rip the peeling off. You take the, the top half of the box off. You kind of remove the Apple instructions that are sitting there. You grab the iPad and you press it. And the thing that I love about the iPad and when you get an Apple product, it's truly an experience and you press the button and there's already juice inside the iPad, right? It's already pre-charged and the iPad's already on and then you can set it up. It walks you through, you sync it to your other iPads and your phone and it's, and it's like done in a matter of 20 minutes. The Apple experience of buying and opening and unboxing an Apple product is very comparable to how you onboard clients. First impressions count, right? It's so much of the client experience. And if you want to position yourself as the professional you truly are, you want to have a really seamless, integrated onboarding experience. So you want to be clear on what that flow looks like, what that stage looks like, you know, visually walk through, okay, somebody's reaching out for a console call. What's that going to look like? How are they going to go through checkout? How are they going to pay? Then they have an onboarding. I teach my Your Conscious Empire students a whole onboarding page of everything you need to have on there when you welcome new clients. And this is just one of the absolute keys to having a happy client is having a great onboarding experience because it also sets the tone for the entire working relationship. Because there's been so many times when I've bought something online and nobody's giving me like next steps on what to do, or nobody's really giving me a breakdown of first you do this and then you do that. And one of the things I I love to do in my work is just everything gets broken down. Do this, then that, then this, then that. Like I'm very much known for my step-by-step process and how I teach my courses, even how I teach you here on the podcast. And once again, reflected in my onboarding process, I'm giving everybody a step-by-step list of what needs to be happening. So somebody is texting me in the background and I am just putting my phone on silent because that is real life. My friends, (laughs) it's really my mother and my sister texting me and 
can they wait like two minutes <laughs> family okay anyways the onboarding client experience is just really key. So I encourage you to visualize your onboarding experience and think, how can I refine it? How can I make it simple? How can I make it automated? Um, I teach my Your Conjures Empire students how to automate that client onboarding experience so it is seamless and it's integrated. Um, and it also sets the client up for success because you're telling them, hey, these are your next steps. Hey, this is what I want for you. Hey, it's a chance to reshare your boundaries, your rules, what you want, deliverables, because there's a lot of moving parts. Um, and like I was saying before, I have bought stuff online or joined somebody's program or thing, and then they like leave me hanging and nobody tells me where to go or what to do. And that does not make for good client experience, right? People want to know exactly what they're doing. It's like, say you are going somewhere, you know, brand new for the first time. Okay, here's an example. I was getting my haircut at this kind of like fancy salon downtown in Vancouver. Now, normally I don't really go to these kinds of salons, but I was going to it because it was literally around the corner from my apartment. Like literally I would walk out of the, like, the garage area of the, the uh, apartment building and I would turn the corner and I'd go to the salon. The first time I went, I was like kind of intimidated. I was like, oh shit, like everybody here gets their haircut. The haircuts are like a hundred bucks here. <laughs> um, and you know, I was like going to the front and you go to the front and you're like, I'm like, Hey, I'm here to check in for like my four o'clock haircut with like Ashley or whatever. And then the person at the front is like, amazing, you know, welcome. They'll be like, Hey, can I get you water here? Take a seat here. What kind of magazine do you want? I'll bring it to you. Bathrooms in the back, your chair where you're going to go is over here. Ashley's going to meet you in five minutes. That person at the front counter, you know, is like telling me, explaining how it's going to go, giving me everything up front that I need. And I felt instantly way more calm because I was feeling you know, a little bit like, well, this is like a very like hoity-toity special haircutting place. So I, you know, want to make sure that I'm doing everything right. And, you know, I don't drop anything on the floor because everything is very clean and the floors are pristine here. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But that's what I mean about client onboarding experience. You want the client to feel welcomed and at ease and automatically like, oh, okay, I can relax because somebody is in charge here. So you want to do that for your clients. You want to make them feel at ease and explain everything up front. And that, my friends, is, is such a key secret, is mastering your client onboarding process. Now, my third tip I'm going to give you is asking questions that are critical before you start working together. So before I have clients work with me one-on-one -on -one privately, I'm asking for them to do a couple things. First and foremost, I want them to fill out a couple personality tests. I want to know a little bit about them and I want them to do it ahead of time. I assign a lot of pre-work before coaching with me because I want my students and my private clients to succeed and to maximize our time together, which means they got stuff they got to do ahead of time. And some of those things include uh, doing some fun little personality tests. So one of them I absolutely recommend and will pass off to you is Gretchen Rubin's The Four Tendencies. This is by far the most important quiz I make people do. And it's the one that I look at first when I'm scanning onboarding forms. Um, so Gretchen Rubin has a book called The Four Tendencies and she has a free quiz and it's like the four tendencies.com or some iteration of that when you type it into Google, and you are going to be falling in one of the four spaces of a triangle. I want you to visualize, or sorry, not a triangle, a diamond shape. Uh, when you visualize a diamond at the top of the diamond, it's the people that uphold external commitments and uphold internal commitments. Now, when you go on the right-hand side of the diamond, it's people who uphold external commitments and not internal. People at the bottom of the diamond don't uphold external or internal, and then people on the left-hand side of the diamond who 
will uphold their own internal commitments, but not external are also there. So you have these four points of the diamond at the top. If you uphold all commitments, external and internal, you're an upholder. Uh, if you only uphold external, you are an obliger. If you only uphold your own internal, you're a questioner. And if you don't uphold anything, you're a rebel. Now, this is such a powerful framework for accountability because I need to know my clients' accountability styles because I want to know how they are perceiving my work. So when I have people who are questioners who uphold their own standards, but not other people's, um, I have to be always explaining to them why we're doing things, giving them the why, giving them the reasoning as to why I want them to do things. When people are obligers and they'll just do what I say, like literally whatever, I just know that it's important for us to stick to our weekly action items and our accountability because they really get um, great accountability when we do that. For my upholders, same thing. When I set those weekly action items and when they have things they need to tick off every single week before our next coaching call, they, they uphold it, right? Um, with my rebels, that's where it gets challenging um, because then we have to figure out a way for uh, it to feel good and flowing for the client. But I like to ask clients which one they are. And this is the most important personality quiz that I like to assign, but it's about knowing your clients inside out, right? And understanding how they work with accountability because nine times out of 10, you're going to get people who are hiring you that are either obligers or upholders who like really need that external accountability, right? That's why they're hiring you because you are the person in charge. You're the coach, the teacher, the guru, the mentor, um, the facilitator, the educator, the teacher. They're, they're coming to you for the external accountability. So most of the time you're going to get clients like that, but it's so good to know what type of accountability style these people have. And most importantly, if they're rebels, you know, not to take it personally. Cause I've had several rebel clients and you know, if we're falling behind on timeline, I'm an upholder. So timeline is like super key for me and I will get stressed as a coach. I'll be like, Oh my goodness, we're falling behind timeline. And then I got to remember like, Oh, don't worry, Kelly. Like, you know, rebels are working in their own way. And that's not my fault. Like we'll just come up with a new plan together, but it's, good for you to know as the coach and with your clients, what kind of accountability styles they have so you can really support them and most importantly, understand them, you know, and, and give them action items and accountability in the ways in which it really thrives for them. And, you know, when I have clients who are questioners and are not going to be always like, really keen to check off every single item on the, um, the task list, I know how to like respond to that. And I know how to, you know, work in their accountability styles in a way that feels good. And it still feels flowy. So I would say definitely get your, your people when they're onboarding and your clients, when they're onboarding to do personality tests that are relevant to you and whatever you think is good. I like them to do, um, Gretchen Rubin's, the four tendency quiz. That's the only one I ask you know, if I wanted to learn more, I would ask, you know, sometimes when I'm working with clients, I like to just figure out as well in like a conversational, I like to know their human design or, um, I also enjoy a little bit of the Myers-Briggs, but my favorite one to ask. And the only one I ask on my onboarding forms is the Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, but I also like to know what their human design is, but that's something I'll ask like generally speaking, when I'm talking to clients, I already know what their human design is because we've already talked about it. So it's not something I have to get them to fill out, you know, on an onboarding form. So I would pass that recommendation off to you because it also lets your clients feel really seen and heard because you are, you know, customizing your coaching or your training or your um, facilitation directly to this client's type. And this is really key because with I know for me, when I do private coaching, everything is customized to the client. Like this is not a cookie cutter thing. Like I, I know what we need to hit and by when, but everything is built 
customized entirely to the client, to their learning style, how they like to work, their accountability style. So it's like I'm building kind of a little bit of a different different package structure for every single client based on you know what their needs are. But the personality tests up front are really helpful. So maybe you want to know their Myers-Briggs or their Enneagram or their human design or you know, you just want to know those kinds of things, feel free to ask those. I think those are so helpful and important to know. Now, my fourth tip is to always be like keeping a close pulse on your private clients. I like to keep my private clients truly under my wing. What I do want to communicate here with you is that you want to have a close pulse on them at all times. Okay, this is like how I work as a coach and I am not like the kind of person that's like, okay, do your own thing and like get back to me in like three months when it's done. I want to be in the loop and I want to know how it goes and we are emailing back and forth between calls. We have call every single week. I don't want wasted space and time between our chats. I want to keep us on track. From my understanding from working with clients and what I like as a client is when people are keeping a, you know, keeping a close tab on me and, you know, making sure that the client is feeling seen and heard at every single stage of the process. And how this looks in my business is like, say for example, where maybe you and I are working on your sales pages. This looks like us going back and forth between calls. So every Friday we have a coaching call and between calls, we're sending the sales page back and forth. I'm sending you Loom videos where I'm going through and reading through it and telling you the changes you need to make. I'm asking you, you know, um, where do you need help? Where are you getting stuck? And it's a two-way dialogue and I want to have a close pulse on the client. I don't want my clients to like be entirely on their own and never talk to me. I want to know what's going on in their life. And one of my best tips I can give you is actually a book from Michael Bungay Stanier and his book is called The Coaching Habit and it's like um, seven questions to ask when you are a coach and one of the questions that I use from him that I have been using literally the entire time I've coached is at the end of a session I always ask what's the number one thing you learned today and I ask this question for two reasons. Number one, I want to know what they are really resonating with because you can teach a client 10 things in a call or you could have worked on 10 different aspects or business problems they're having in a call. And I want to know what the number one most helpful thing was so that I can do more of that, right? Do more of what's working for them and less of what's not. And it's generally nine times out of 10, something that I didn't think was something that was helpful. And this is really informative because I would be like, oh, I think the most helpful thing for Sally was when we went through her sales page and I gave her feedback on how to rewrite the whole thing. And she might say, oh, well, Kelly, the most helpful thing for me today was when you actually just like held space for me and we talked about my imposter syndrome. This is, this is the exact kind of thing you want to know from your clients so that you can keep a close pulse on them. Because if we don't ask, we have no idea, right? And Sometimes in a coaching dynamic or a place where we are working with professionals, sometimes people feel nervous to speak up or to share. And I always want to make my coaching feel like a safe place and you can truly come to me with any business problem. And there's no such thing as an embarrassing business problem because I've probably already experienced that same problem. (laughs) I've had many, many embarrassing business problems and things that didn't work or sell or do well at all. So I always like to ask this question at the end of my coaching calls and just say, hey, what was the number one most important thing you learned today? I even ask this when I'm finished coaching Conscious Empire students or when I finish with a uh, group coaching call in my for my ladies in the mentorship, um, which is my membership site. I always want to know what was the most helpful thing for them because 
you want to know, you want to know and not assume, you know, there's that phrase, you know, when we assume we make an ass out of you and me, and it's true. You don't want to guess and try to always be guessing at what your clients like you want to just know directly and an easy way to keep tabs on that the entire process is to always be asking at the end of a call what is the number one thing that has supported you most so those in a nutshell are my four top secrets to having really happy clients um my i'm going to give you a little quick summary Number one is know who you're targeting. You can only get happy, awesome clients if you know who your happy, awesome clients are and if you actually message uh, everything properly on your website in order to align with them. Number two, have an amazing onboarding process. Understand the flow. You want it to feel like the unboxing of a brand new Apple product. I teach onboarding in your conscious empire if you need it. Number three, ask for personality tests in advance because this will give you insight into the client and it lets you customize your coaching or your consulting or your help directly to them, which is generally what they're paying for when they are working with you privately one-on-one versus in like a ebook that's 15 bucks. And number four, you want to keep a close tab on your clients. I like to do it. I like to keep in touch a lot and, you know, keep the ways of communication super open. And I always like to end my coaching calls with what's the number one thing you learned and what was the most helpful thing for you today and this gives me insight into what they're actually really loving so that I can give them more of that and less of what's not working so my friends that is the show for you today I hope this supported you I hope this helped you and hey if you're looking to build a digital business I would love to give you my free five-page report when you take my free quiz called What's your zone of genius? So if you want to know how to turn your gifts into a digital business and earn 10K months with it, it's all about finding your genius and monetizing it. So when you take this quick, fun two-minute quiz that's totally free, I'm going to give you a free five-page report on how exactly you can take that genius of yours and monetize it into a business that earns 10K months. And you can take that quiz at kellytrack.com slash genius. That's kellytrack.com slash genius. All right, my friends, that is everything for you today. And I hope to catch you back here soon. All right. Have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon.